Welcome to the Fighting for Joy podcast. I'm your host, Jody Blick. Well, today, for the first time in season five, I am joined by my husband, Eric. Hey, babe. Good afternoon. Ready for this? I am ready. Good. Well, like I said in the intro episode for season five, I am eager to get more guests back on the podcast this season, but you are my favorite guest and we always have more to talk about. So thank you for being on again. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So today we just kind of wanted to talk more about the topic of the Fighting for Joy live event that we hosted a few weeks back. And if you haven't heard that episode yet, it will um, be helpful to either stop and go listen now or go find it and listen after you hear this conversation today. But we are going to be referencing that night quite a bit. Um, I'll either call it the Fighting for Joy live, live event or just the event. Um, but that night we just, we really focused on Chaplain Scott Jensen, but since then, and really even as we were preparing for that night, you and I talked a lot about second Corinthians chapter one and about God's comfort and just the key part that it has played in our help and healing in grief, both experiencing it and sharing it with others. So I think I will just start by reading the passage, um, and then we'll dive in. That'd be awesome. Second Corinthians 1, 3 through 5. God is the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction, in all our affliction, in our suffering, so that we may be able to comfort others who are suffering with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. So I guess, Eric, I would just love to hear um, how that passage resonates with you, um, maybe what it has meant to you over the years, maybe especially in regards to grieving the loss of Jackson and just kind of what you've been thinking on as you and I have been talking about that passage. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, I think I have it in my notes that back in May of 2012 that we worked as a family to uh, memorize this this verse and um it was one year before jackson died then and i think you were the one to first really come across it really kind of lean into it um we've always heard it as a family for years but i think that that was that was really where um i was kind of at at that point in time um and we we worked to uh, memorize this as a, a family and then of course after jackson died then these words became even more meaningful and mm-hmm. we lean into them even more. And I remember walking downtown Omaha, just going through a couple of these words over and over and over again. And oftentimes what's happened as what I've shared in the past too is, is when you spend that kind of time on a verse, you're not going to see the depths of what's in the verse and mm-hmm. what it really means by just a, a cursory reading or just reading it uh, quickly. So mm-hmm. um, I was just stuck on this verse and just remember walking downtown and just saying it over and over and over again and just pulling apart every phrase. And if there's a word missing, how does that change the um, you know meaning of this? And if if these words are in there and those are the words that God had for us and his inspired word, then what, what does that mean? These are the words that were put in. Um, so uh, I, I just think that, um, I just think that 
as a family and personally and before and after what happened with Jackson, this this verse has, has made a profound impact on my life. Yeah, me too. And I think you're right. As we stare at it, as we keep going back to it, as we, you know, just meditate on it and pray through it, there are different parts that jump out at different times. I remember in the months and even a couple years after Jackson died, just focusing in on, you know, God being the father of mercies and the God of all comfort, just thinking about him in that way. Um, thinking about the next part of the verse, who comforts us in all of our affliction and just the promise in that and the assurance in that. And then I think, you know, as we've started the podcast, as we have, our lives have intersected with other people who are struggling and needing that same kind of comfort and people have begun to look to us um, to know how they can have God's comfort to have restored joy, restored laughter, some redemption in this broken story. I think uh, we have focused more on the so that part of the verse and the transition into how we now are able to comfort others who are suffering with that same comfort. Right. And that was really the whole purpose of why you kind of picked um, this past fall's theme for the Fighting for Joy Live conference um, of just um, comfort. What what does it mean to be comforted by God? And then having been comforted, how can we speak some of those words into other people's lives? And um, I, I just thought there was so much that you had thought through and prayed through uh, and we had talked through on this event about this uh, verse that mm-hmm. I was excited to kind of share a little bit further today on just some of those conversations and, you know, some of those things that we found. I think in studying through this verse then and just sitting on this verse for minutes upon minutes upon minutes as I walked um, and then as I sat and wrote later, um, there was really four things that uh, jumped out. And, you know, here's a couple of them. So I would love to have you, I'll just kind of read each of them and then maybe you can jump in and see where that uh, lands on you. But the first one is, God's comfort does not run out. Hmm. So there is boundless comfort with God. And you got to look at the two plural pairs in the first line. Uh, God in line one with the God of all comfort in line two. And Father in line one with Father of mercies in line two. It is because Jesus has reconciled us to this God and this Father. Um that his many mercies and all comforts can come to us. Hmm. And what I, what I love about this is he's not just the God that comforts us one way, or if you need comfort, you go to God and this is the way, you know, this is the uh, pill that you're going to get. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he is unique in his way for his comfort for each of the way he's wired each of his, of his people, each mm. of his sheep. Right. Mm. And, mm. um, I love the story of Jesus weeping over his friend Lazarus's death. Um, he knows he's going to raise him from the dead. His two sisters then of his dead friend come to him. And the first one, he comforts her by giving her logic and reason and future and these big ideas to really comfort her, her heart. And the next sister comes and he totally gives her something 
totally different. <laughs> and it's exactly mm-hmm. what she needed. Mm-hmm. She just, mm-hmm. he just wept with her. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that for me, this part of this verse jumped out that he is the God of all comfort and mercies. And he knows exactly how to meet me where I'm at. I'm not just going to get some generic comfort. I'm going to get what Eric needs from the one that made me. That's so good, babe. I love that. The whole personal aspect of God's comfort. And you're right. There is power in knowing that his comfort is endless and that he never tires of comforting us. Um, He's never unavailable. I think you and I have both felt at different times that we are tiring people out Uh, with our grief, um, with our need to share, with our tears. Um, And so to have a God who doesn't just bring peace and calm and and provision, which he does, but he also enters in and weeps with us. And you and I both have said many times, you know, we just sometimes want people to feel the hurt with us, to enter into our pain, into our tears, into our grief. And so not only does God provide endless amounts of comfort, never run out, Um, He also, part of that comfort is him entering in and walking with us in the middle of it. I love that. What's number two? The next one I would say, um, and this was kind of fun to word it like this, but I think it's found right here, is that grief and comfort are not linear. Hmm. And so we, I... When you study every single word, then then you start looking at what is the action verbs or what are the verbs here? And are they past tense? Are they present tense? Are they future tense? Hmm. Um, and so it's the God who comforts us in all our affliction. Um, and, and so, you know, all these years later, I'm still getting what I need for the comfort after Jackson died. I, I'm I'm still getting real comfort today from God the Father. The verse could have said something differently. It could have said, I had affliction and I had comfort. Hmm. And with that past comfort that I did get, I can help those who suffer today. Um, and though there's a certain aspect that that's true, this, these, these events um, that caused our grief happened many years ago and we did get comfort then but i think there's this present tense aspect of this that i'm still getting comfort today so there is present comfort for this lasting past brokenness and that present comfort is what we use to help other people today Hmm. And, and i I just love the fact that the comfort isn't one and done. It wasn't just there when we needed it, although it most certainly was. Um, But it's a comfort that continues to move forward because our grief isn't done and the comfort isn't done. That's so good. Yeah. I mean, the whole idea of comforting while we are being comforted. And so you're right. It, it's it's a call to action now. It, we aren't supposed to wait until we don't need any more comfort or until we have this yeah, great right. testimony in the past of all of the wonderful ways that God has comforted us. Yes, we can look back and give testimony. Yes, we can look in the past. Um, but you are right. I mean, we are even even this weekend, we are experiencing God's comfort in some pretty powerful ways and continual ways. I love that. Yeah, I would say the next one would be that 
Comfort in my affliction will relate to others, even though it's not the same affliction. Hmm. Right? I think that's a good a good truth that comes out of this um, passage as well. There's a relationship between the words all and any in this verse. And since I will not experience every known affliction to mankind, which I'm thankful for, uh, how how then, however, can I relate to someone experiencing different kind of affliction and pain and suffering than what I've had? Hmm. And the truth here is that the comfort of God that I experience in all my affliction relates to any affliction someone else experiences. And so um, Jackson's death gives me something to say to any loved one, not just to those that have lost teenage kids in car crashes. That's not the only comfort that mm-hmm. I've been given. Um, and that now somehow is the only word I can speak over people to to help them or to reach out with them and to bring them comfort that the Lord has given me. It's not this one-to-one relationship where that's the only group that I can connect with. Um, I think this hurt and this comfort has humanized us more and help us feel more deeply. And with that comfort that the Lord pours into us, um, it does relate to so many other people that are experiencing brokenness in so many different ways uh, mm. than what we have or what, you know, we ever would. Yeah, yeah, I love that, that it's a general word, um, the word affliction. It doesn't give the specific example of what kind of suffering, and you're right, using the words all and any. It's just helpful um, when you understand that you don't have to be in the exact same scenario or situation to be able to bring comfort. It's definitely helpful when somebody has walked through, you know, a similar situation or gone down a similar path. But you and I both have friends in our life who have not lost a teenage son and they brought immense comfort to us um, and were able to share God's comfort with us um, because of other hard things that they had gone through, other afflictions that had nothing to do with a teenage son passing away. And so I think that gives, that's a good word for all of us, um, for everybody listening, and a good reminder for you and me that, you know, we we can share God's comfort um, into other people's afflictions and situations. That's good. Yeah, thanks. Um, The fourth one is... If we are bitter, then we will have no balm, B-A-L-M. Balm is, you know, think bath balm, think ointment, (laughs) think healing. Uh, And and this one, this one's a little bit different. This one is when you see somebody that you absolutely love, you care for them, and all of a sudden something happens to them. I think one of the truths we can pull from this verse here is, you know, you're, you're really going to have nothing to say. Hmm. (laughs) You're really going to have nothing. You're going to have nothing to give if you've just kind of given up in bitterness and despondency and your own suffering and your own pain and your own grief. You're, you're not going to know what to say. You're not going to know what to help comfort them. Um, if you haven't, and if we haven't experienced the actual comfort of God. Um, and so this one, you know, this one is where, where you, you want to sit with somebody and you want to have something to say. And, and it isn't like you're going to now have the magic word, but if you've experienced, if you've experienced what this comfort is that God is offering and this relationship by faith 
with your maker that God is that God is offering the comfort that he provides will will give us something to say even if it's just sitting there on the morning bench in a way that's uh, extremely helpful and on the flip side of the coin if we've given up if we've run from God if we if we are angry at him um, if we don't bring this brokenness to him and get that promised comfort that he will bring, hmm. then we're we're going to be absolutely empty when we want to love and pour out on one of our loved ones that goes through a brokenness. Yeah. Um, I think that's a weird flip of this verse that um, if we haven't experienced God's comfort, how are we going to help others in any affliction? And our hearts ache to help others sometimes. And I, I think... I think this gives I think this gives some real um, connection, real ways to um, help people in their grief. If you if you've tasted it first, you know we don't we don't have that's that's the beauty of this this comfort. We don't have to um, you know we've we've tasted it, and so um, all all we have to do is say I don't know how to fix the brokenness you're in, but I can tell you. Um, this is what satisfied me and this is what it tasted like and come to the one that has living water too mm. and come to the one that has that that comfort and if you've tasted it you're much more likely to share it yeah that's a great point I mean it is hard to experience God's mercy and comfort when you are bitter when you are withholding forgiveness when you are um, not leaning into the tears and, you know, fighting the wrong enemies in grief, as we have talked about. And I love the idea of a balm, you know, the balm to which P.S. It's a bath bomb. Oh, yeah. is it yeah, really that's a, different. a B.O.M.B.? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because it's a little thing of like Epsom salt and oh. stuff that you put it in the water and then it explodes. I love that. Yeah. So balm is different. But anyway, oh. I didn't know if I should correct you or not. Oh, totally should. Anyway, um, but I like the picture of of balm and God's comfort being a balm and when we see the healing and the growth and the comfort and the peace that it brings to our own uh, injuries, you know, of sorts or our affliction or our pain, um, boy, we are eager to want to share that with other people. And it is hard to want to share that. It's hard to experience it. Um, it's hard to have anything to give without the humility and the utter dependence that we have to feel to then lean into the father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's spot on. I, I, I also love that the word affliction here really can't be carried to just mean losing someone in death, right? right? There's right. a, there's a whole bunch of ways to experience affliction. Um, and uh, John Piper in, one of his books or uh, sermons really makes the point that Second Corinthians chapter twelve uh, really does include in this list weakness, hmm. in insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities. It's really anything that um, the forces of darkness and evil and Satan are really aiming for their purpose to wreck your faith in God, to wreck your faith in. Uh, in believing and knowing that he is good, that God is for you, that, that he is a gracious God. Um, and, and I think there's all sorts of things that can fall into that bucket that are really out there to really 
crush our faith and to really crush our spirit and crush who who we are mm -hmm. and these afflictions can come from all over the place outside and inside uh and and it's not limited to just one thing and the god of all comfort um and the god of all mercies will be there for us in our uh, time of need yeah I want to take a quick break in our conversation here to introduce a new unpaid sponsor of the Fighting for Joy podcast, Access Period. Access Period is a nonprofit organization in Omaha that provides free menstrual products to anyone that needs them. Period poverty, or the lack of access to menstrual products, affects one in four women. When people don't have access to the products they need, they either stay home from work and school perpetuating the cycle of poverty, or they use unsafe and uncomfortable alternatives. Too often, period poverty is invisible, which makes it hard to connect with our neighbors who most need help. By supporting Access Period, you'll help to place menstrual products into the hands of the people who need them most, both through the organizations that already serve them and through free pickup locations all throughout Nebraska. If you are interested in learning more about Access Period, getting involved with fighting period poverty in your own community, or if you are someone who needs menstrual products, please visit www.accessperiod.com or find them on Instagram at Access Period. Okay, now back to the show. I think too, um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on the, the following verses after that as well, but one, one thought that I had as well was, you know, not only do we experience God's comfort so that we can share mm. it with others, but I also think it's so that we can remind ourselves. Amen. I mean, we can speak to ourselves, we can preach to ourselves and remind ourselves, oh, this is the comfort that we felt in the past, and I know he will comfort us again now in this next hard thing that we are facing i mean if you read verse seven i mean it says our hope for you is unshaken for mm -hmm. we know that as you share in our sufferings you will share in our comfort and then to go down to you know eight nine ten i mean he's talking about being in a situation that made him despair of his own life itself and you know, verse nine says, indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly, deadly peril, and he will deliver us on him. We have set our hope that he will deliver us again. And I would say, and we are setting our hope that he will comfort us again and he will provide for us again. He will be the Amen. father of yeah. mercies again and again and again. Yeah, I think that's so spot on and so well said, Joan. Yeah. Well, let's talk through some of the practical ways that we have reached for God's comfort. Um, we had somebody ask us just this week, you know, where did you find comfort in those first few days and weeks after Jackson died? Like practically, what did that look like? So what are a few key ways that you have, you know, experienced his comfort or reached for his comfort? Yeah, I think that's a great question, too. I think that being able to not just know that God's word is true, but actually find these verses and these promises and just mm -hmm. lean into them, uh, lean in as if to fall, that if these if these truths are not true, I'm going to fall over. Um, yeah. and, and so I think um, scripture is chock full of that. And this is just one example in one verse that has stuck out, you know, stood out to us and really 
changed the way we think and provided real comfort. And so I think spending a um, long time looking at the large forest of trees, as it were, across God's word, and then looking at every little leaf, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Right. Every little pine needle, every little tree bark on this tree stand, like there's something there. And, mm-hmm. um, and God does speak and he has spoken in his word and he has finally spoken in his son, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, you know, one of the things that uh, I remember doing is not just you know, looking at God's word in the Bible and reading it there, but putting it literally all over our whole entire house, everywhere that I would look, I wanted scripture. I wanted God's promises. I wanted truth. Um, I wanted his comfort through his word uh, to see everywhere I went. So our bathroom mirrors were covered. Our kitchen cabinets were covered. The dash of my car, you know, I had taped little um, index cards that my friend Paige had written Bible verses on. I taped those to the end of or the, on the end table next to my bed. Um, I just, I carried them in my purse. I had passages and promises of scripture all over. Um, and I shared this verse at the event as well, um, Psalm 119.50, which says, In all of my affliction, I find great comfort in your promises, for they have kept me alive. And that's the Passion Translation. I and I know, I just like it because it says what I felt in my darkest exactly days right. of grief. There are literally days when I felt as if, you know, God's comfort through his presence and his people and his spirit. And as this verse says, his word kept me alive. I mean, they kept me going for one more day, getting out of bed for one more day, showing up for our kids for one more day. And, you know, it, it sounds kind of dramatic, but when you do find yourself in a situation like we did in the emergency room with the sheriff and the chaplain, and we heard the worst news of our life. I mean, hearing about the death of our son and two other boys, and then knowing that one other had severe life-threatening injuries and was in a coma. I mean, it doesn't feel dramatic then. It feels like this is my only hope. I mean, our only hope in life and in death. Um, So it's in moments like that, I feel like when you cry out for the only kind of comfort that has the power to breathe life into, into death. Yeah. Yeah, I think, too, that word spoken over us and from really close people mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> and that's good. being able to rely on others in your worst time of need, God made us dependent upon himself. And that was that was well before the fall. He made Adam and Eve dependent upon himself. And um, that's what it means to be human. And mm-hmm. he made us dependent upon one another. And I think that, I think that in, in times like that, you just... You just want someone to remind you what you already know. You want to rely on other people in a way that gets real help. And um, I think that some of the sweetest and best things that I heard from key people early on were just, these things are still true. And let me show you from my life and from your life and from what we've sung together mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and from what we've listened to together let me just uh remind you what these things are and that these things are true yeah yeah and you were able to share a little bit about that at a funeral that you spoke at last weekend about the power of words spoken over you both in you know happy mundane simple fun moments of life as well as tragic moments in life and all throughout a life. I mean, the continual 
power of words uh, spoken over us, especially when it's God's word spoken over over us. Um, do you want to share anything more about what you were able to communicate that day? Yeah. Um, one of my lifelong mentors just passed away, uh, Glenna Salisbury. Um, our family connected with her in 1963 in Bakersfield before I was born. Um, she was my pen pal from early on. She was a uh, motivational speaker that spoke to a lot of Fortune 500 companies. That was how she made her career. She spoke at a lot of churches, a lot of different events, and um, she's just been a lifelong friend. And so, so yeah, her uh, it was a crushing blow when she died, and her daughters had asked if I would speak at the funeral. And so, what do you say? Like, like what right. on earth That's, do you yeah. say to something like that? And how do you highlight something in just a matter of minutes um, of what Glenna's life not only meant to me, but to others and not leave people without hope um, that I know she had and experienced face-to-face being with God now. Um, and so I, I just prayed, Lord, what, what, do you, what, what is it that you want me to share? And... Uh, how how can I um, how can I proclaim in some words that this is rough and <laughs> this is hard this is broken? Yes, she lived to be eighty five and had a beautiful life and an impact on certainly my life and my spiritual journey and so many other people's lives. Like, what do you like? What do you say? And I just I just felt like what what I got was all right. Um, how about this? How about frame it in powerful words spoken over us? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, her life was one of words. Um, she spoke over my life. Christ has spoken over my life, and so that was kind of how I, that was kind of how I framed mm-hmm. it and was able to kind of share through some of those things. Yeah, I loved it. It was so good. I know it brought a lot of encouragement to people and was just a great way to honor the way that she did speak um, so many powerful words over you. And just to kind of bring it back to, you know, uh, to our situation and our loss and our grief and uh, words spoken over us as well. I mean, I remember there were times when I would beg you to speak over me as I was trying to fall asleep or as I was weeping uncontrollably. I just... I would ask you to read or recite scripture and it would calm me down. It would help me to fall asleep. It would bring um, just a deep level of comfort that wasn't coming when I was trying to read scripture myself or pray myself. Um, So having other people do that over us is a great way to, to feel and experience God's comfort. And you already mentioned it too, but continuing to go to church and to fellowship yeah. with other believers, you know, church is a hard place in grief, but it also can be a life-giving place where, you know, if you remember what you're really there for, you know, to worship and to sing with your brothers and sisters in Christ, these words of truth and words that bring comfort. You and I were, you know, we were helping to lead worship at the church at that time. And it was so helpful to do that and to plan out these playlists, to think through the songs and the words and cry and sing through these powerful words of, of the hymns. And also, you know, just to sit under the teaching of God's word, it's comforting. You know, it still is. It's so comforting every Sunday to hear the teaching of God's word um, from the Bible. And and then, you know, to take communion, to focus on the word, you know, on Christ himself. And 
as well as letting our church family just love on us, you know, their hugs and their care and their attention to our kids, their, their words, their love were so comforting and, and powerful. So I just, if you are going through something hard, the temptation will almost always be to isolate and to pull inward. I was just talking to my brother about this yesterday, about in his darkest days of addiction, he would isolate and pull in and, I've seen that in other people's lives when they are going through cancer, going through divorce or going through grief, they pull in and they are trying to walk alone or thinking, you know, just, just Jesus and I can, can do this, but man, there is so much comfort to be received, to be given when we gather together, um, when we are together. So, yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's right. I think that. And just thinking about Glenna's life and about one of the lessons that I learned from her is just the the power that words can have when they're spoken over somebody, spoken or written, Mm -hmm. however it is. Mm -hmm. And um, I I remember when our bank hired her to come for a Martin Luther King Day event that we had when the bank was closed, and she spoke to about a room full of a hundred bankers and. That was one of her main points. She she took out this handwritten card she had received from a friend and she read it uh, to us. And she she made that uh, that point and just said that words spoken mm. over one another are are powerful. And she explained that even in seven sentences, you can use that to speak courage into someone, which is really what the word encouragement means. Mm -hmm. And then as she read the card to us that day, she looked at us and then she said at the end of it, she said, you know what, team, (laughs) I can go a long way on those words. Hmm. And that, that got me thinking, what if I share that story at her funeral and we're able to connect it with all right, she's not here anymore. What words what words have has she spoken over to me that's been encouraging and has spoken courage into me? And ultimately, what is the word that um, Christ has spoken over me, over us, that is also life changing? And and I think that I think that the big thing I was able to share was just that we have this restoration coming that the final word over Glenna was not death. It's not, she lived a great life and spoke great words and now she's gone and now her words live on on YouTube and other things that she's written in her books. But the final word over Glenna's life is that there's more and Christ isn't finished. There's an actual restoration of all things coming. And so that's the ultimate word over her life. That's the ultimate word over my life that's that's the ultimate way you make sense of you know you you've got a 16 year old that dies and an 85 year old that dies and i don't i don't care that she lived a longer life than jackson and it was somehow more fulfilling and yes it certainly was and mm-hmm. she crammed in a ton there but at either of those two ages it, it's it's still not the way it's supposed to be it's 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 not the way it was supposed to be there was creation and then there was fall, and then there was sin that entered into the world, and that's why 16-year-olds die and 85-year-olds mm-hmm. die. Mm-hmm. And even in Genesis 3, as we've shared, like there's this, there's this word spoken over Adam and Eve that we're not, God's not going to kill you. 
the word spoken over you is there's a redeemer that's coming. There's a seed that's coming that's going to that's going to make a way for you to be restored back to God. And that's not the final word. That same seed, that same redeemer, that second Adam, he's the one that is going to restore the world to his father one day. Adam and Eve were called in the garden to be gardeners. And uh, they were commanded by God to, to take the Garden of Eden, as beautiful as it was, and to work to expand that across the rest of the globe. And, and, uh, and of course, we know that there's sin that entered and we know the rest of the uh, story. And, and so really what Christ is doing as the second Adam or the ultimate gardener, where Adam failed Christ, Christ will succeed one day in accomplishing that whole world to look like not just the Garden of Eden, but a city. Hmm. And that's where we're going. And that's what's going to make these things be undone. And that's the final word spoken over Glenn. And that's the final word spoken over me mm -hmm. by the word, mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, and, and just hearing you speak those words now over me and over our <laughs> listeners, I mean, that brings yeah. such hope. And like you said, such encouragement. I love that, that encouragement is speaking courage into someone else. And I love Glenna's point of it. You know, it's seven sentences. I mean, it could be one sentence, right? I mean, it's. It I think be. so many times we overthink how to bring encouragement to somebody, how to speak powerful words over somebody, how to, you know share or encourage or comfort and really there are no perfect words there's no thorough way to say it there's nothing that's going to fix it it's just a call to to speak and to remind each other that restoration is coming to remind each other there is hope in the brokenness and as glenna said and as you ended the talk i mean we can go a long way on that that Amen. It doesn't take much to really buoy somebody up and give them just the encouragement and the strength to go a long way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk through just a couple more practical ways um, that you and I have looked to God for and felt his comfort just as a way of encouraging people who are listening. Um, one thing for me was um, just getting out in nature, you know, just kind of looking to God as creator God, embracing his creation, seeking beauty, um, you know, going for long walks. And just we sat out on the deck a lot yeah. uh, after Jackson died and somehow just being outside, being in just a beautiful part of what God has created um, in this world brought great comfort to me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what that's what we get when Christ is born in the manger. We have God becoming man, and he endorses all that is material. He endorses this world, and even though it's flawed and broken, um, there's a there's a beauty in it and a hope that um, it is crying out from inside that it will be remade. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I think that there is this aspect of um, being outside, being in God's creation, being in the beauty, um, that, that he has made that was, that was super, that was super hopeful. Yeah. I think obviously prayer, I mean, we've touched on it, but, um, that's another way to feel and experience a lot of comfort crying out to the Lord, just telling him we need comfort and 
bringing our hurts, bringing our pain to the one who is listening and to the one who can bring real comfort and hope. And and also just knowing that Jesus is praying for us, uh, knowing that the Holy Spirit is crying out on our behalf when we don't even know what to pray. Uh, some of those things were extremely comforting for me in regards to prayer as well. Yeah, I, I still remember sitting exactly where you just said on our back porch right after everything happened. And just that verse just smacked me right in Romans 8 that the the Holy Spirit is interceding with on my behalf with groanings too too deep for words because I don't even know what to pray mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. that that is absolutely the God of all comfort <laughs> coming to meet you in in that spot that he is he's taking these groanings um and he's he's taking things that I'm having a hard time putting into words. Um, and he's articulating exactly to the Father um, what it is I'm in and feeling and going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think another one, we've already mentioned it, but just continuing to stay in community. And, um, you know, I've already mentioned just the amount of comfort we can feel from others as they show us love and care. But one of the things I love about that passage in Second Corinthians is the implication on sharing. I mean, you have to take the time to listen to others about how God has comforted and helped them and let them share with you. And somehow this does bring great comfort and encouragement. Yeah, I think the body of Christ is huge. Um, those people that can push your faith further, um, can carry away big buckets of tears with you, um, to remind you that it doesn't feel like it. Um, but by faith, we remember, and we know that God is indeed good and for us. Yeah. Um, I'm going to probably head into these last two questions that I want to leave everybody with, uh, as we wrap up this episode, is there anything else you wanted to, to mention before I do that? I think my final comment is just that this comfort is real and it is very helpful to be able to just turn to the Lord Mm -hmm. and get this kind of real comfort. And then surprisingly, um, overflow in a way to be able to to help help others yeah 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 that's good um yeah so i i left the the women that were at the event with two questions and eric you can jump in on these two um but the first one was uh asking is there an area of your life where you need the comfort of god and you are trying to find comfort in lesser things I just wanted to encourage and remind them that there is there's something enormously greater available to us as believers. And I shared a little bit about how I have been chasing after comfort my entire life, both in big and in small ways. And you'd think that knowing the power of God's comfort in relationship to the lesser and fleeting and insufficient comfort that other things bring should cause me to always and quickly run to God, but there are still times that I, that I struggle and I have to continually strive to place my hope in the comfort of God instead of things that promise to comfort and help, but they never deliver. Yeah, I think there are things that can provide comfort. It's just, is that comfort going to be having staying power? Yeah. Is that comfort going to be something that's going to actually backfire and put you in a worse spot? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah. dig dig in a deeper hole. Right. And things that can't deliver this true comfort that your creator holds out for you. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it is okay to love, you know, beautiful, comforting, cozy things. Um, And there are, you know, through God's common grace, just so many things in this life that can bring temporary comfort, can bring immediate comfort, can bring comfort, but God's comfort will always deliver. It never disappoints. It's always enough. It's always better. So, you know, I just wanted to encourage the women that night and I want to encourage everybody listening today to just let your heart be comforted by God and to ask him to comfort you, to tell him where you hurt and where you feel broken and know that he will, he will hear you and he will bring the comfort you need and you ache for. And as I said that night, you know, if you are putting your comfort and your peace in your financial security or in your friendships or in your marriage, in even the security of living in America or in your health or in your kids, you know, and in, in, in your kids, it could be in their obedience or in their success or in their safety. And, you know, as we have experienced, what in the world will you do when those things fall yeah. apart, when they don't deliver? What if your son doesn't come home some night like ours didn't? You know, where will you find your comfort then? I think one of the biggest takeaways from this episode and this passage of scripture is the encouragement to run to him for comfort today in your pain, right in your hurt, in your confusion, in your sadness, in your most broken parts, his comfort will truly comfort you. And Eric and I can say that confidently from experience. And I just want to encourage you today right now to just begin to turn from the things that keep promising relief and comfort, but but just can't and won't to the one who can and will. Amen. I think we mentioned it quickly, but you know, our, our grief kind of catapulted us and accelerated, you know, our, our need for comfort and our desire for comfort. But you and I can both list off many other times in our life when we needed God's comfort as well. Times of rejection, times when we've been mistreated, times when we don't feel understood or listened to, or when we've even been sick or, just confused or discouraged, um, you know, times and moments like these have trickled throughout our entire life and will continue to. And I think other everybody listening could list off similar experiences. And so, so if someone is listening and struggling now and they need God's comfort now, um, you know, I love what Eric said, that there is real hope and help in looking to God, uh, for comfort. He will comfort you. It's just who he is. Um, I think just a practical suggestion on this front too um, is just if you're looking for something to do for kind of a Bible study or devotional time, I mean, it would be great to do a word study on comfort, you know, deep diving into that word, seeing it all over scripture, finding different passages where it's used. And, you know, as my friend Kathy Del Seno does, look up synonyms, look up antonyms, uh, read other Bible translations, just explore the word and this concept a little bit more and feel the comfort then just falling all over you um, as you do that. I mean, that could be your devotional time for weeks to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the second question that I posed at the at the event, and this is what I will leave with today, is just what part of your story can bring help and comfort to others? I mean, this podcast has been a powerful tool for Eric and for me to give testimony about the comfort that we have received from God and from his word and from his people in our darkest days. And we both just want to keep sharing about this for the rest of our lives. But I just want to remind you that you are equipped to do this too. 
that if you are a believer and you have found comfort in God and in his presence and his word and his people, you are equipped to help others. And honestly, sharing God's comfort with others is usually seen and experienced in simple ways, in small, personal, mundane ways. It's not through a podcast usually, um, but just through living in community and in friendship and in fellowship with each other. And as we've said many times, we don't have a corner on the market in the pain and grief department. All of us have or will go through really hard things and Each person's hard is hard. We don't have to compare the levels of hard. That's not helpful for anybody. But when we go through hard things, your hard things are hard things, and we run to the Lord for comfort, and then we experience his sufficient and powerful comfort, that equips us now to go and share that comfort with others. It's the so that. In verse 4, you know, God comforts us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort others in their affliction with the same comfort we experienced from our great comforter. So take time to think through the ways that God has comforted you. A dark time in your life may be when his presence and his promises helped you and you felt his love and his comfort. And as you think about those moments, those most broken parts of your story that have been helped by God's comfort, I want you to begin praying that God would give you the courage And you the opportunity to share the ways that he has comforted you so that you can comfort others in their brokenness. So often God just comforts us through community, through friendship, through sharing. There is power in our stories. And as I've said, there's power in sharing our stories. But as I will continue to say, it's not just in the stories themselves. The real power is in the one writing our stories and writing us into his great story. So that's our encouragement to you today. God has used the most broken parts of our story to help so many other people, and I know he will do the same for you and through you. He has equipped you already to help others walk through hard things. So use this episode as a reminder to keep fighting for joy in your brokenness with the comfort of God, and then seek to help others in their fight for joy in their brokenness by sharing the comfort that you have received with them. Thank you so much for listening today. If you were helped or encouraged by this episode, please share it with others. I would also love for you to find me on social media. You can connect with me and others who are listening on my Fighting for Joy podcast page on either Facebook or Instagram. You can also send me an email at fightingforjoypodcast at gmail.com. Podcasts have been such a lifeline for me in grief and one of the top ways that my soul is recharged and encouraged on a weekly basis. I truly hope that this podcast will do the same for you. Keep fighting for joy.